Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon, and this week is September 18th through the 24th of the Come Follow Me program associated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we are in the year 2023, which means we are studying the New Testament. And for this particular week in September, we are in 2 Corinthians. Now, as I was studying 2 Corinthians, I found a message from Paul that is very is very timely for me. So it's something I've been pondering about a lot. It's something that I had a long conversation with my sister about. It just, it jumped out at me. So this is 2 Corinthians. It's chapter 11 and it's verse 3. So Paul is writing to the Corinthians. He says, But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So Paul is saying, I worry that you are going to be subtly tricked by Satan to make the gospel way more complicated than it's supposed to be. I fear that Satan is going to beguile you the same way he beguiled Eve in this subtle manner. Now, this verse takes me back to a quote that was recently sent to me by my sister when we were having this conversation. And I think it talks about this idea of having this simplicity in Christ. Now, this is the verse, or not the verse, the quote, by Boyd K. Packer. And he is speaking specifically about the mercy of the atonement of Jesus Christ. He's talking about the gift of the atonement in our lives. That is specifically what he's talking about, not the gospel, including every single church program and all of the other stuff. He's talking about the mercy extended through the atonement of Jesus Christ. This is what Boyd K. Packer says. It says, this is the very root of Christian doctrine. You may know much about the gospel as it branches out from there, but if you only know the branches and those branches do not touch that root, if they have been cut free from that truth, there will be no life, nor substance, nor redemption in them. So he's talking about all these other aspects of the gospel that we talk about so often that are really worthy things to be talking about. He's talking about all these other parts of the gospel. If they are not connected to the root that is Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that Christ made, there's no life in them. There's no substance. There's no redemption. It won't save you if you are not connected to Christ. Now, so what happens when you cut a branch off? What happens when you disconnect a branch from the root? Now, first of all, it's going to stop producing fruit. And eventually, it will die. If we are trying to live the gospel without Jesus Christ, it is going to be very easy to get lost. If we are trying to carry the burden of the gospel without being nourished and strengthened by Christ, it is going to become too heavy. It is not worth living the gospel without Jesus Christ because there is no life in the gospel without Jesus Christ. We we have to teach this to our youth. <laughs> we have to learn it ourselves. And we have to teach it to our youth if we don't want to lose them. We have to teach them how to connect 
all of these other aspects of the gospel back to Jesus Christ. Now, Satan's subtlety, I want to talk about it just a little bit. Satan has many tools of distraction that he really loves, right? And there's all the classic examples that we talk about so often. So there's social media and mind-boggling amounts of information and entertainment available on the internet. And there's constant sports updates and constant notifications that are pulling your mind away from other things. None of these things are inherently evil, but they have the capacity to fill your life with meaningless things. Not only can they prevent you from becoming all that you are meant to become, they can also disconnect you from Christ in a way that it will eventually cause that branch to become disconnected to die. All these other things cannot nourish you. Now, as I pondered this, I was thinking about how over the course of the thousands of years, Satan has perfected his tools of distraction and they've become more and more and more subtle. And I started to wonder, actually, I think this, <laughs> I have this theory, that one of Satan's tools that is incredibly dangerous because it's incredibly subtle is that he tries to distract us from Jesus Christ with the branches of the gospel to fill our lives so much with all of the branches that we miss the root. We miss the nourishment, right? Like Boyd K. Packer says, there is no life. There's no redemption in these branches. It has to be Jesus Christ. If Satan can distract us with all of the branches and we think we're doing great because we have all the branches. So we're not really, I guess, worried, right? We have all these branches and we're living all the branches. If we're not connected to Christ, we will not be nourished. And we will not have the strength to continue on. And eventually those branches die. Now, sometimes we look at our children and our youth and honestly, adults too, whoever we're working with and trying to help in the gospel. We look at them and we're like, okay, they're going to church. They're attending their meetings and their programs and their councils and doing their ministering assignments and attending the temple. They're taking the sacrament, all of this activity. And we're like, okay, they are active. They are fine right? But we have to remember that activity in the church is not the end goal. It is a good indicator, right? It's worth looking at, but it is not the end goal. It is not the purpose, right? The branch, if the branches are failing to connect us back to the root, if they are missing their mark, if they are not helping us to build a foundation on Jesus Christ, we will be lost. Our youth will be lost. When we studied the entire Old Testament last year, and one of the things that stuck out to me the most was how the Israelites often fell into idol worship. But one of the idols that they adopted was actually the law of Moses. It was the branches, right? They often got to the point where they believed that salvation came through the law of Moses. They were no longer seeing Christ in each of the symbols and the rituals. They couldn't learn about Christ through the law of Moses. They were too focused on the branches. They missed the root. In fact, they missed the root so much. They were so distracted in their worship of the law of Moses 
that eventually some of them became so evil that they crucified the Savior, right? They missed the mark. We have to teach our children about Christ. We have to introduce them to Christ. They need a personal relationship with Christ above all. So take your children to church. Take them to their meetings. Take them to your, their activities. Take yourself, right? But above all, teach Christ. Teach all of the branches. Take care of all of the branches. But remember that all of the branches are only meant to be vehicles to Christ. In the same way that you hold their hand and walk them through all these different experiences that life has to offer, we have to very explicitly hold their hand and walk them from the branches to the root. We have to teach them how they're connected. So how do we do that? How do we teach our youth and ourselves how to lean into those branches and reach into that root so that we can be nourished? How do we help them take those gospel appendages and connect them back to the Savior so that they're worth living, right? How do we save ourselves? How do we save our children? Now, in the same way that Satan is very subtle in how he disconnects the branches from the root, I believe it is also a very subtle thing to teach our children to connect to the root, right? <laughs> so first I want to talk about what it looks like. I want to talk about what it looks like to teach your children how to connect the branches back to the root. And then second of all, I want to talk about how to achieve it. And I'm doing it in that order on purpose, what it looks like and then how to achieve it. So from the outside, it's very, in my opinion, pretty simple, right? And very simply, it comes down to how we talk about the gospel, how we phrase the gospel. So when we talk about being excited to go to the temple or wanting to go to the temple, it's not really about the temple. The temple has no life and no redemption in it without Christ. Why are we really going to the temple? We're going to the temple because we want to spend time in the presence of Jesus Christ and the temple makes it easier, right? And to very clearly say that out loud when we're talking about the temple. <clears throat> when we're talking about stress, like just regular stress, day-to-day -day stress, and we talk about how we felt the spirit and it comforted us. We can very clearly say, I felt the spirit and I know that the Savior was telling me through that spirit and reminding me that he has all power and that he's going to take care of us and that he loves us and wants to take care of us. When we are teaching about tithing, something as simple as tithing, we can talk about how it's not really about money. <laughs> Christ doesn't really need money. What's really happening is Christ is trying to teach us how to rely on him <clears throat> because he is really the only true safety, right? It's, some, it's, very, it's a very subtle, small thing, <laughs> just like Satan is very subtle in trying to distract us from the root by using the branches. When we hear our youth talk about the gospel, I feel like we often hear them talk about feeling the spirit, which is awesome. I'm not putting that down. I'm not criticizing that. That is awesome. That is the language that we have given them. They mimic that. And it's a beautiful thing. But I think we can, and I think we should take it a step further, connecting what it means to feel the Spirit back to the Savior, how the Savior loves them. It can be 
so much more powerful to connect it back to the Savior. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. This can seem like a difficult thing to remember, right? And all the things that we're already supposed to be teaching our children about and all of the different things we're supposed to take our children to, all the million things that we're supposed to personally be doing with the gospel, it can seem very difficult to always remember. Got to talk about Christ, got to talk about Christ. And all of our conversations, we got to bring it back to Christ, right? It can seem really small and kind of silly, right? It's just one more thing to add to our plates, which is why I actually want to talk about how to achieve it. This is not about making a goal to say Christ more. This is That's not the most effective way to do it, to be like, okay, every time we have a conversation or we do a come follow me lesson, I want to say something about Christ. It's a good goal, but there's a better goal. The better goal is to personally come to know your Savior, to develop a very personal relationship where he is your friend, your brother, your confidant. You are excited to turn to him. You turn to him immediately because you have felt him in your life. You know what it feels like to turn to him and to hear his voice guiding you along. It is far more effective to strengthen your own relationship with Jesus Christ if you're trying to strengthen your relationship between your children or whatever children you teach, whatever youth you teach, it is far more effective to strengthen your own testimony if you're trying to strengthen their relationship with Jesus Christ. <clears throat> the more you get to know your Savior, it becomes very natural to simply talk about him. I noticed this really subtle change in myself as I feel like I came to know my Savior better. I felt like I was saying feeling the Spirit less. Not It's not a bad phrase. We don't need to <laughs> say that. It's not a bad phrase to say you're feeling the Spirit because it is an accurate phrase. But I noticed that instead, when I talked about it, I would be like, I feel like my Savior is telling me that this is the direction we need to take. Or like I, the Savior reminded me that I feel this way we naturally start to talk more about the Savior when we know him. Just like we more naturally talk about anyone, we get to know. We will more naturally speak of him. And because we have that personal relationship, because we love him, the Spirit will testify of him more effectively. It won't be as trite as making a goal of saying his name more, but it will come out with more meaning. The Spirit will be able to drive that truth home to our youth more effectively. It is worth learning this principle. It is worth conscientiously spending time with the Savior and getting to know him so that you can personally introduce him to others. This principle of connecting the branches back to the root accomplishes a few different things. One of the things it, it accomplishes is that it simplifies the gospel and it's not quite so overwhelming. It ceases to be a to-do list, right? When we frame the entire gospel 
in the context of getting to know our Savior. First of all, it's going to be more rewarding. But second of all, everything else is way less intimidating. Instead of looking at all of these different things we're supposed to be doing, all of these branches as benchmarks that we're supposed to be hitting, instead we are going to see a bunch of tools that we can use for our purpose of coming to know Christ. It simplifies the gospel and gives us less room to beat ourselves up about it, right? When we're looking at the branches as stepping stones towards Christ rather than measurements that we're supposed to be hitting. Now, some of the other benefits that I have seen in this really direct principle have actually come as I've watched some of my friends leave the church. And as I have listened to their reasons about why they have left, as I've listened to them talk about how they feel that they've had to heal after leaving the church, some of the things that they have said is that they felt like they had to learn to trust themselves. They felt like all their life they had been taught that they couldn't trust themselves, that they had this natural man and that they were going to be sinning all the time. They talked about how they had to learn to not feel guilty all the time anymore or how they had to learn to be less judgmental. Like when they left the church, it was much easier to be less judgmental. If we can connect the branches back to the root, if we can teach the gospel in the context of Christ, truly in the context of Christ, I believe that it will prevent a lot of these problems that we find in the gospel. If I know who I am in relation to Jesus Christ, I will not cower and ignore my own feelings about things. I will not just be waiting for God to just tell me what to do all the time. If I truly know who I am in relationship, in relation to my Savior Jesus Christ, I know that he gave me faculties of mind for a reason. I know that he wanted me to take my life and make something of it, that he wanted me to weigh difficult options. And when it's not like a moral choice, I can take different paths. I can make my life what I want it to be. And every once in a while, he's going to step in simply because he knows the future and I don't, (laughs) right? And I can trust him and follow that. But I don't have to distrust myself. Rather, I get to learn (laughs) to become something absolutely incredible. When we know who we are in relation to Jesus Christ, we don't feel guilty all the time. When we really know who we are and what Jesus Christ did for us, we don't feel guilty all the time. We know that he took care of it. Now, sometimes there will still be a divine discontent. It's one of my favorite phases (laughs) where we see the ideal and we see where we're supposed to become and it still feels really far. probably because it is still very far. But even that divine discontent, when we recognize that it's there to drive us to be better, we're not carrying down this weight that has no purpose. 
when you're carrying around your own sins, your own mistakes, your own flaws, when you're carrying those things around, they're not going to get you anywhere. They're not going to make you better. When you know who you are in relation to Jesus Christ, you know that he takes care of those things. And all you're left with is the good, the lessons from the mistakes. You know that he took care of them and that he's going to take care of the people who are affected by them. When you know who you are in relation to Jesus Christ, you don't feel, you can't bring yourself to judge other people. Because you have gained a testimony of how deeply you need Jesus Christ. You know who you are, and so you know who they are. When we connect back to Jesus Christ, so many problems that arise with the gospel cease to be problems. When it's really about Jesus Christ, all of the hard things that come with mortal life become bearable. We feel peace and security amidst confusion. We feel solace knowing that he washed away the sins. And they're not there anymore. And we can bravely face whatever is coming because we know it's for our good. We know that in the end, it will be those difficult things that actually glorify us in the end. I testify that it is worth making this a focus, not only for the people around you and your circle of influence, but also for yourself. It is worth conscientiously changing your gospel perspective to not living all of the branches but to simply develop a deeper relationship with your Savior, Jesus Christ. And then to look at everything else that we've been taught in that context. It is worth learning this principle. It makes, <laughs> it makes the gospel far more beautiful and life in general far more beautiful. I'm grateful for my Savior and what he has done for me. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.